into that. Okay, so we're jumping into this new series. Uh, my, your future self will thank you. And I thought one of the perfect things to do as we begin the new year is to look at predictions that were made over a decade ago and see if we can't tell have these things become true. Are you with me? So we're going to play a little game, see how many people can get these. Uh, the first one I think is, a, is, is fairly easy. So here was the prediction made over a decade ago um, that, that our every move will be tracked. So what do you think? Did it come true? <laughs> Some of you are like, yes. <laughs> Somebody knows where I am all the time. Have you found that like when you are talking about something or you're visiting somewhere, like two days later, you're on your phone and an ad pops up and you're like, how did they know? And at first you kind of ignore it. And then later you're like, I don't like that, that they know where I've been or what I've been talking about. Um, second, second one, here's another one. Books will be dead by the year 2020. Someone made that prediction. What do you think? Absolutely not. In fact, um, so sales of paper books has been in decline, but online books and uh, audio books has been on the incline. And so books are not dead and it doesn't look like they're on the decline. Uh, someone predicted over a decade ago that, uh, that our life expectancy by 2020 would be over 100 years old. What do you think? No, we're not there yet. We're getting closer, but we're not quite there yet. Um, the next one, self-driving cars. By 2020, we will have self-driving cars. Now, 20 years ago, we thought this was crazy, didn't we? Like, we thought, there's no way there's going to be self-driving cars. I know if you watch the Jetsons, you know, years ago, they still had to move things around and all that, but uh, self-driving cars. So we're close. Not everyone has a self-driving car. Not many people have self-driving cars, but we're getting closer um, to that, that part. Um, this one was an interesting one, this, this next one. Heart disease and depression will be the world's top diseases. Not yet but we're really close to these being the, the top two medical issues that we have to face in the world. Isn't that interesting? Heart disease and depression. Someone's asking what it is. I don't remember what it is. USA Today, that's where I found it. Um, anyway, the last one. Here it is. Uh, I, I think, um, I can't remember who made this prediction, but we'll have personal companions by the year 2020. Now, that's an interesting one. When that came out, people probably didn't quite understand um, what they meant, but let's just try this. Hey Siri, <laughs> add milk to my shopping list. I didn't find a shopping list. Do you want to? <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's try another one. I'll add a shopping list before the next uh, message. Um, hey Siri, turn on my master bedroom lights. Just a sec. Okay, the lights are on. Personal companions. So did it come true? Yeah, like they can, they not only track you, they can like do things for you, which is awesome. Some of you are like, what does that have to do with anything? I thought it would be fun, but here's the deal. If we could predict the future, do you think we would change our daily habits? 
do you think we would invest in different things if we could predict the future? We would, wouldn't we? If we could see what's in the future, we would make some decisions today that might be a little bit different. If we could see with clarity, especially, the results of our efforts, if we could see ourselves and the results of what we're doing in the future, we'd make far better decisions today, wouldn't we? Isn't that interesting? Now, there's certain ways that we can do that. There's certain things that we can do. Uh, one of the things that we tend to do every new year is make some goals. Now, my, uh, my guess is that many in this room made some goals for 2020, and goals are a good thing. I heard Craig Rochelle say this, and I think this is so true, that goals don't determine success. Systems do. Goals will not determine whether or not you're successful in the future. You know that? Because goals are just kind of out there, they're thoughts, they're, they're, they're pieces that you might write down. It's the systems that you create and I create, the habits that you create and I create, that get us to the place that we want to go. It's the systems. Would you agree with that statement? That goals don't determine our success, it's the systems we put in place that create the success and who we want to be in the future. And that's what this series is about. Are there some decisions and some habits we can make today that will have an outcome that will create this future self that is more desired, the best version of us that we can be? And here's, this isn't a secret. God wants you to become the true self he created you to be. God wants you to become the true self he created you to be. And to become that future self that God wants you to be, you have to make some decisions to participate with him in the process. We have to make some decisions to create some habits to participate with God to become who he wants us to be in the future. Now, there's a book. Uh, it's called Your Future Self Will Thank You. Uh, the subtitle is Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. Isn't that a great picture of the dog looking at the cookies? <laughs> if you have a dog that is that well-trained, kudos to you. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, I'll tell you this. The, the title of the book is better than the book itself. Um, <laughs> the book is good. The title is awesome. I love the title. It's why I stole it for the series uh, that, that, we're, that we're putting together. Um, here's a couple of thoughts that he puts into this book. We have a few copies in the back if, if you want to grab this book, but here's a couple of thoughts. Self-control isn't just one good character trait in the list, the pantheon of, of character traits. It's foundational. Self-control is foundational, not because it's more important than the other virtues, but because the others rely upon self-control. Becoming who we want to become Foundational to that is some self-control. We have to develop self-control in our lives, and the Bible talks a lot about this. Here's how we should define self-control according to Drew. It's the ability to do the right thing even when I don't feel like it. <laughs> self-control is the ability to do the right thing even when I don't feel like it. Now, let me ask you this. If you own a business, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, don't you want your children, your uh, employees, your players, don't you want them to exhibit self-control? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you don't exhibit self-control, if you give up self-control, if you give up control, someone else will take it from you. Everybody, somebody always has control of our lives. So 
foundational thought, you and I are being formed into our future selves every single day. You and I are being formed into our future selves every single day. The question is, are we being intentional about who and what? Who and what is being a part of that formational process? Are we being intentional about who and what is forming us? Um, Real quick, and then we're going to jump into some scripture. I I did this quick little list of, uh, in the world, what people that we usually look up to, what they do when they need help. And here's, here's what I found. Athletes engage trainers, professional athletes. They engage trainers in many dis- different disciplines of whatever it is they're participating in. Have you, have you noticed that? They have off-season trainers. They have nutritionalists that help them. Professional athletes, the ones that we look up to, they, they go and they find trainers. Executives in business find coaches. Executives, when they're stuck trying to make a decision and they're not sure what the future looks like, they go and they find coaches to help coach them to become who they should be as the executive of that business. Some of you, some of you executives in this room, you have coaches that you talk to on a regular basis to help you with some outside perspective in your business. Businesses hire consultants all the time. Uh, These last two things, executives and businesses, these two things, uh, coaching and consultants, in the church world, it is a huge money-making plan. Like churches all over the country hire both coaches and consultants to come in and help them with some outside help. Parents. Uh, This last year, my wife and I, we, uh, our son's a freshman in high school, and uh, he's in geometry, and he was needing some help in geometry. <laughs> and my wife and I realized very quickly that we don't remember geometry. <laughs> and we're not quite sure anyone should have to take geometry. I was staying up late at night on YouTube, how to teach your child geometry, and still couldn't figure out geometry. And so what do we do? We hire a tutor who can help our son. And that's what we do. When we don't know what to do, we usually ask for some outside help. It's just the natural thing. If you want a different outcome in your life, you have to do something different in your life. Saquon Barkley said this the other day. Uh, They were asking him about uh, next year because the New York Giants are not in the playoffs. The New England Patriots are no longer in the playoffs. You know what? I say awesome things about the Bible and about God and nothing, silence. I say something about the Patriots, and you guys either boo or cheer, one or the other. Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, he said this the other day. He said, you know, if we give the same effort in next season, we're going to get the same results in next season. If you want something different in life, you've got to do something different in life. And we all know that's true. We We don't practice it, but we all know that it's true, that if I want a different outcome, I've got to do something different. So here's what Jesus did. And, and I think we don't see, we, we don't see daily, uh, a, a daily record of what Jesus does, but I think this is a picture of, of probably what Jesus did on a very regular basis. It says this, very early in the morning, 
while it was still dark. Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he, where he prayed. Jesus. I mean, we're talking about Jesus here. Jesus, who later would say that he and God were one, that whatever he said actually was coming from God, like this Jesus felt like it was important enough to connect with his heavenly father, to get up early in the morning, and to begin his day connecting with God in prayer. He thought that it was that important. And I think it was probably a a, a regular pattern in his life. And so here's the first first practice, the first habit that I want to encourage myself and our church in in 2020. You ready? Start with prayer. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? That we would start our days in prayer. And uh, the reality is, for many of us, prayer is the last resort. It's the last place we go. That we, we, we try everything we can to change circumstances ourselves, to get through it ourselves, and then we'll have you prayed. Well, I haven't really thought about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pray and see if God can't miraculously make a change for me, Right? Uh, it, it's oftentimes the last resort. What, what would it look like for it to be the starting point instead of the last resort? And, and here's what's interesting uh, for me, and, and I think could be extremely helpful for me, and, and I hope for you as well, is that when I think about that list that we just went through, athletes, executives, businesses, parents, here's what's interesting to me is that, that God isn't just... Uh, the, the author of life, he isn't just the one who stands above our current life to see our current circumstances, but the God that you and I are in relationship with sees into our future. Did you know that? That God sees into your future. Let me ask you that again. Did you know that God sees your future? Like he knows. He knows what you look like in 20 years. He, he knows what's ahead for you. Why would we not want to communicate and listen to that God? Why would I not, like knowing that God knows what's ahead of me, like why would I not want to go to him first and say, God, would your spirit lead me and guide me in the paths that I need to pursue to become what you want me to be? God, as as someone who oversees other employees, why would I not go to God and say, God, as someone who knows them and knows me, why would I not want to turn to him and say, God, help me lead this person in my work? Like, help me guide this person in my work. As someone who sees the future of my children, why would I not go to that God and say, God, you see my children and where, they end, where they're going to end up. Help me to nurture and develop and lead them and discipline them in the right ways so that they can become what you want, who, who you want them to become. Why would we not start with prayer and start daily with prayer? In the Old Testament, uh, in the Proverbs, this is, this is a great verse for the year. If you're looking for a verse this year, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways. I love that little phrase, in all of your ways, all of your ways. Not just some of your ways, not just your church life, but in all of your ways. 
acknowledge him. And listen to what the, what the writer says. Scripture tells us that if we will acknowledge God in every part of our life, he will do what? He'll direct your path. Now, isn't that a great promise? That God, the, the, the God who sees your, your past, your present, and your future, the God who loves you more than you can ever know, that that God will be involved as an outside consultant or an inside developer if you'll just allow him to do that, if, you'll, if we'll allow him in and we'll open ourselves to him on a daily basis. Uh, Paul in the New Testament, he says this, always be joyful, never stop praying. He makes it sound like uh, prayer is a, a continual conversation with God throughout the day. I think that's a beautiful picture of prayer. That just on occasion you say something to God and on occasion you stop and you go, oh, I didn't think about that, God. Because maybe he put something in front of you that you didn't consider yourself. Like it's this continual conversation. Prayer doesn't have to be this formal moment or 10 minutes in the morning that you just like sit and, or 30 minutes. Some of you are super spiritual. One hour. Some of you have that hour. Like prayer doesn't have to be this super formal, long morning routine. It can actually start in the morning and close at night when you say, God, I trust you as I go to sleep. Give me a peace as I rest. You know, it can be that, like that whole conversation throughout the day. How many of you who are, who are married or dating, or how many of you who have friends? I'm trying to include everybody. How, how, um, how many of you text people? Does anybody text people? Do you text people on occasion? Yeah, I'm a terrible texter, but some of you text people on occasion. Some of you, that's the only way you communicate anymore is you text. Like, that can be what prayer is, is like this text conversation that goes back and forth between you and God throughout the day. The little moments uh, when you're going to start a meeting just to say, God, I'm about to start a meeting. Help me make some good decisions here. Help me not to be as mean as I feel right now in this moment. Like, like soften my heart in this moment. Um, Help me see a different perspective if I need to see. Like there's just little things that you can text to God in the moment that keeps him involved in your daily life, which is a great starting point for the new year. Jesus said it this way. He said, when you pray, and um, Jesus didn't say, in the Greek, it's not translated if you pray, it's when you pray. Like Jesus just assumes that prayer for a follower of Jesus, he, he assumes that prayer is just going to be a natural part of your life. It's just something that you're going to do. So he says, when you pray, don't turn it into a production. Find a quiet place so you won't be tempted to role play. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. Simply and honestly. Just be honest with God. I mean, he already knows, but just be honest with him. God, I am so mad right now. I know. Like, I, I want to do something physically violent to that person right now. I, thought, I know. Will you help me not do that? Yes, I'll help you not do that. And, and you know, that, that whole thing back in the day that was like count to ten before you enter into conflict? Pray before you go into conflict and say, see if it doesn't change your perspective and your engagement in that. Paul said, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. I like this. Um, next slide. Instead of worrying, pray. He goes on to say, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Like, don't worry, but, but pray. Okay. 
So I think if, if I ask the question, I think maybe at least 60% of people in the room today would say, yeah, I think prayer is probably important in my relationship with God. I think at least 60%, and it might be higher than that. I would hope it's higher than that, but maybe let's say at least 60%. So 60% of you, I want you to go with me just for a minute. I want all of you to, but maybe only 60 will. So if you agree that prayer is important and a a good starting point for you in the year, the question becomes, how do I do it? Like, how how do I practically, because I've tried in the past, it just hasn't worked, Like, I started, and I just am terrible. How do I do it? Well, Charles Duhigg, we talked about his book last year, and he gave us this little, it's it's the the habit loop or or the habit uh, circle, and it, it says this, that there's always a cue which is followed by the habit or the routine, and that is uh, leads to a, a reward. And, and every time we go through this, this little circle, this cycle, is it leads us back. And it's why our minds kind of are programmed to do things without us even thinking about it. So there's a cue, which leads you to a routine or a habit, and then a reward flows from that. So what if we could... What if we could practice this with prayer? If there are certain cues in our life that would would signal to our brains that it's time to pray, and then we would be rewarded by what God promises, that he'll be with us, he'll lead us, he'll guide us, he'll set our minds at ease, those sorts of things, that then leads us to, to go back to that cue, the reward, again. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So I'm going to give you three potential cues for us as we begin the new year that maybe would help us kickstart prayer as a starting point. Um, And let me just say, as a staff, this is one of our cultural values. It's one of our principles as a staff. And at first, some of you are going to laugh and shake your heads at this. Start with prayer is our our number one uh, principle as a staff that that we try to do all the time. And it took us a while to get there. And it's okay. Some of you are like, you're, you're a church staff. And it took you a while to get to the place where you could start with prayer? Yeah, because what happens here, just like it does in your house or in your business, is that you come together and you, like me, think, I can figure this out. Like, let's sit down and let's have a meeting and we're going to figure this out. And we had to practice intentionally start every meeting with prayer, and then it became a natural thing that we just did. And we say, hey, let's start with prayer before we, we, we talk about what we need to do with the turf in the back or this or that. So you've got you've to practice it. So here's the first cue. Here it is. When you roll out of bed in the morning, thank God for the new day and ask him to guide you in all that you do. So what is the cue here? It's when you wake up and get out of bed. Now, how many of you did that this morning? It's something that happens every single day. Like, it's going to happen to you tomorrow, probably. You're probably going to wake up, and eventually you're going to get out of bed. Some of you, like my wife, like 10 o'clock is a good time for her to get out of bed. Um, so, so um, I have, um, I have a, a pastor mentor friend of mine who said this, that when he wanted this to become a regular practice in his day, that he would actually start with prayer. And so, um, this is kind of weird, but he said that when he gets out of bed in the morning, so most of us, like, as, as I get out of bed these days, I have to, like, work up to it, like, ugh, like, to sit up. 
and then I throw my legs over and I stand up, right? Any of you with me on that? It's a little bit harder to sit up than it used to be. Yeah, don't laugh at me. So what he says is instead of like sitting up and moving my legs over like most people do, he said, my first move in the day is just to roll out of bed, which is actually easier. And he said, I actually just go straight to my knees because that's the great, like that's the great reminder. It's a cue for me to pray first because I'm on my knees. Isn't that a good like little thing that maybe you could put in, like a cue that you could put in your day? And if you can't sit up in bed, uh, that's a cue for you to do more sit-ups. Um, <laughs> core, it's the most important thing. Okay, um, second cue. And I think every single one of us, so here's my prediction for 2020. My prediction is that in 2020, you're going to have some good days and you're going to have some bad days. <laughs> so we'll see next year if I was right on that. Here's my prediction is that you're going to face some anxiety, some fear, some anger, some jealousy, that all of us are going to face these different things. So what if when we begin to, to identify those emotions, so it, whether it's anxiety, stress, anger, impatience, worry, doubt, jealousy, you put in whatever, whatever you face on a regular basis, you just put that in the blank there. What if that was the alarm in your mind that would move you to pray? Like when you, when you recognize, I am feeling overwhelmed by anxiety right now, rather than trying to figure it out and make my life better right now, I am going to turn to God in prayer. That's, that's going to be my starting point. And then I'll do what I need to do to get through it. I'll go see a counselor, I'll go exercise, whatever it is I need to do to get through the anxiety. But I'm going to start with prayer. That's going to be my starting point. So what if anxiety, fear, that became the cue that moved you to prayer? Got it? Third one. So third cue, and any of these will do. You can make up your own cues. I'm just, I've got some ideas um, that, that have been, some of them have been helpful for me. And this one, this third one, um, I, I think this one could be extremely helpful. Oh, I turned on the, go off. There you go. Okay. Um, I think this one could be extremely helpful. Most of us are, are pre-programmed when we, picked up, when we pick up our phone in the morning to go somewhere on the phone. Some of you, it's a text. Like a text gets you up in the morning and that's your first thing that you go to is that text. Um, for some of you, you get notifications throughout the night about um, the Patriots firing Tom Brady or whatever it is that you got. You get these notifications, so that's the first thing. Some of you have like a news app and that's the first thing that you open up. Some of you, it's email. Some of it, it's your schedule. Whatever it is, um, you, you usually are programmed because you've done it so many times, you do it without thinking. You go somewhere on your phone, first thing. So think about it. What is the first thing that you open on your phone in the morning? What is it? Now, if you can, if you can identify that and replace it with something different, how, that could be a little cue for you to start with prayer. So could you replace it with version, which is the Bible app, when you first look at your phone, now here's something that's awesome about version. You can set in version to send you a reminder. I, I can't tell you exactly how to do it, but you can like, set a reminder so that that's on your phone when you wake up in the morning. Like it's the thing there that you click first. So it can do a lot of work for you, but then you have to click it. And it opens up. And if you go to your home, if you have an account and you go to your, your like just the home, the first place that it opens... It's always the verse of the day, always the verse of the day, if you go to the right place. Now, what if that verse became 
because a lot of us struggle with prayer. What do I say in prayer? You know, I'm not sure how to pray. What if the verse became your prayer? Like if that, if, if you're someone who says, I just don't know what to pray yet, what if that verse of the day became the prayer? So here's what I, I got. I got some verse of the days just so you can test it out. So the first one here, verse of the day was do not be anxious. Now that's a pretty good prayer. I didn't even pick these like to, to fit into the sermon. I just went back to the last like five or six and pulled them out. So do not be anxious. God, today, here are three things that I've got going on. And I'm a little anxious about this one. Will you help me not be anxious about that? Amen. Like God listens to that prayer. And when you open yourself in that way, man, I think God wants to get into your life. And he wants to be a part of your daily routine. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, his only son. This is a great prayer to begin the day with. Hey, God, I recognize that you not only love the world, but you love me. And I'm so thankful you gave Jesus so I could know you. Isn't that a good prayer? So this other one. Um, I'm about to do something new from Isaiah 43, 19. God, it feels like this, is, this relationship is at a dead end. I pray that you would do something new. And I don't know what that is or what it looks like, but I'm going to trust you with whatever that new is. Um, God will fight the battle for you, Exodus 14, 14. That's a pretty good one as well. God, hey, I've got some battles today. I'm a teacher. <laughs> i got a lot of battles today. I pray that, I pray that you would fight the battles for me today. I, I pray that you would show up in the middle of, of whatever war happens in my life in a way that I wasn't expecting. And I pray that I would trust you in that. Amen. I mean, like 10-second prayer that opens you to God in a new way and makes you a little bit more aware of His, his, uh, his presence. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Here's the prayer for that. God, uh, this morning I'm reminded that I really made some bad decisions yesterday, and I feel a little bit of shame about that, and I'm... I wish that I didn't do that. The things I want to do, I end up not doing. Ah, it's just a mess. I just do it all the time. But I trust that in Christ you've forgiven me and that you're making me new. So I pray that you would help me not live that same old life that I've been used to living. Now, isn't that a good prayer? So what if this, like just the daily verse, what if that became your prayer? Like the first thing you do is you just take your phone, you hit open, it goes to you version. Take the, 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 the verse of the day. Now, here's the cool thing about that. Not only have you begun opening yourself to God in prayer, you've gotten into his word every single day. It's like a double dose right there just, just by starting it. Um, so often, uh, I think that it's the big miraculous changes that God will bring that will make all the difference. I think that. But what I've learned and what I know to be true is it's the small, unnoticeable things that make the biggest differences in who I'm becoming. Like I want God just to take like a certain thing away from me. God, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Can you just take it away from me? This is a, an issue. Will you just fix that for me, God? And I think, like, yeah, that, if, I just, if God could just take that, it would fix everything. But it's not true. It's not true. And let me, let me tell you one practical reason I know it's not true. 
is because sometimes we, we're, we're, we're tempted to think that if, if I could just snap my fingers and be a healthy person and be physically fit and active, if I could just snap my fingers and that would happen, it would make everything better. But here's the deal. If you haven't put into practice daily habits to be a physically fit person, then you won't continue the fitness that you could have miraculously and you will be worse off than when you began. It's the daily habits and rhythms that make you that kind of person that will sustain you. And I think it's one of the reasons God doesn't just change us overnight when it comes to certain practices and disciplines that he wants us to develop. And prayer is no different. It's, it's the small, unnoticeable habits that we create today that will shape the person that you become in the future. It's, 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 like, it's, it's like us having to make some de- decisions to participate with God so that we can become the people he wants us to become in the future. So I think we should, I think we should close today, um, sing a song, and give some chance for response like we do every week. And uh, the candles are there, and the candles are just a great way uh, to, to go to God and say, God, I need your light during this new year. Just light a candle. I need your presence during this new year. So maybe you want to do that, and that's your prayer. There's communion in the back of the room, and maybe your prayer today is to go to that communion and say, God, uh, I am reminded of your sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus, because you love the world. And so thank you for loving me. And I'm going to take this communion to be reminded of that. Prayer partners are going to be in the connection room. So it's just through that door to the left in the back um, that if you just want someone to pray over you today, you can just slip back in that, that area. And um, we just want to give you space. And here as we walk into this area, there's a, there's a couple of passages of Scripture that I just want us to meditate on. Would you stand with me? God, in these moments, we turn back to you. Uh, We want to connect with you. We want to sing to you. We just pray that what we do in these moments would be pleasing to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.